All right, here's the latest on the situation as we know it. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau will hold a news conference one hour from now to update Canadians on the situation in Eastern Europe and the Canadian response to it. He will be joined by Foreign Minister Jolie, uh, Defence Minister Anand, and Finance Minister Christian Freeland. Now, we're expecting um, U.S. President Joe Biden to address the world uh, in about 20 minutes or so. So, okay, we have a couple of things we need to keep an eye on, and we will bring you those comments, of course, and keep you up to speed on what's going on. The other development, uh, it is now night again in Ukraine. It is dark once again, and Chernobyl is back in the news. Remember Chernobyl, uh, the site of the world's worst nuclear accident in April of 1986? Um, Ukrainian President Zelensky says that Russian forces are trying to seize the plant. When you're fighting and and missiles and rockets and gunfire, you can't be that specific and that accurate. And what he's worried about is that something might miss and hit the reactor. And then that is a problem for more than just Ukraine and part of Russia. It's a problem for Europe. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, The exploded reactor has been covered by a protective shelter to prevent radiation leaks. The concern is that could be disturbed in some way. Um, so we're keeping an eye on the situation there. Uh, let's get some insight into how we got here, though. I think that's, um, you know, there's nothing can be done about it, but it's worth looking at how we did. We're going to chat now with Oral Brown, who is a professor of political science and international relations at the University of Toronto and an associate at the Davis Centre at Harvard University. Uh, Mr. Brown, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, you know, you, you, you put a, a piece together recently for the Globe and Mail, and uh, the contention is, you know, regardless of what happens from here, and I don't think anybody knows exactly what's going to happen from here, how we got here is solely a, a failure of the Western world and any deterrence they may have had, right? Well, it's very clear that had deterrence not failed, Mr. Putin not be invading. Yeah. What did, uh, what kind of strategies have been deployed over the years to try and prevent us getting to where we are now. What did the West try and do? It's uh, clear that the West did not uh, address the issue adequately, that Russia had been indulged. We must not forget that uh, Russia invaded Georgia and uh, uh, there are two separatist regions that are recognized uh, by uh, Russia in Georgia in 2018. And when the Obama administration came in, they decided to press the reset button uh, to a better relations, which the Russians meant uh, uh, to, to indicate that the United States was not only going to forget about the Russian aggression in Georgia, but wanted just to normalize relations with sent all the wrong signals. Following that, again, under the Obama-Biden administration, with Mr. Biden as vice president, in 2014, they invaded Crimea, illegally annexed Crimea, and again, uh, outside of sanctions, which did not seem to have that much of an effect, they were not punished. Further, they were allowed into Syria, uh, though they were largely excluded out of the Middle East. So, the indications that they received uh, uh, were, uh, were basically that they would uh, uh, have a fairly free hand. But not only that, the West has denied uh, they have starved the uh, Defense Force of Ukraine of modern weapons. There were no weapons sold under the Biden-Obama administration. There was a trickle under President uh, Trump, and then 
uh, another trickle under uh, uh, President Biden. Uh, many of the European countries refused to sell. Germany would not sell any weapons, would not even allow weapons to be transferred that were uh, manufactured in Germany because they did not want to endanger their supply of uh, energy from Russia and the profitable business that they uh, have in selling uh, luxury cars to uh, the wealthy in Russia. So, uh, and Putin, all the while, has taken advantage of every inch and taken a mile, right? He, he, he has exploited this. He has exploited this uh, because uh, NATO is a giant, but it is uh, one that's playing uh, a helpless one. Uh, the gross domestic product, if I may remind you, listeners, of the combined NATO states is at least 15 times that of Russia. Russia is not a superpower except for nuclear weapons. Yeah. It is a remnant of a superpower, and yet it has been able to bully, to intimidate NATO. Uh, NATO, with the uh, United States at its uh, leadership, uh, President Biden declared that they will not send forces into Ukraine. And I can understand that. You don't want to get into a hot war. But it's more difficult to appreciate why this had to be announced and why that had to give Mr. Putin that kind of reassurance that the West would be negotiating uh, with uh, hand tied behind his back. And then uh, when Mr. Putin massed uh, huge forces around Ukraine, Mr. Biden continued to negotiate, basically with a gun to his head, which should be a violation of negotiations 101. Right. So uh, Mr. Putin is responsible for this invasion. Mr. Putin is clearly responsible for the loss of lives in Ukraine. But I doubt that history will treat Mr. Biden kindly. Where do we go from here? Um, what I mean, uh, th- that's the big question I think everybody's asking. We're, we're hearing about sanctions and these sorts of things. Uh, personally, I don't think Putin cares about sanctions. He knows they're going to be coming. Um, where, where do we go from here? Well, it's interesting that you mention sanctions because sanctions do not have a sterling history no. of really changing behavior, uh, with a few exceptions. And so uh, Russia has largely disregarded those sanctions. What hurt Russia the most were low energy prices. Uh, and that was before the move towards renewable, when the United States was uh, producing a lot of energy, beginning to export and drove prices down. And you will notice it's not uh, exactly coincidence that instead of uh, oil being $32 a barrel, now it's 100 yeah. plus. Yeah. And that's a lot of money to uh, put in uh, coffers. And so uh, for sanctions to be effective, they have to be sectoral sanctions. Uh, there has to be a recognition that if you're going to effectively sanction a target, you have to absorb a good deal of pain yourself. There are no cost-free sanctions. They are relatively blunt instruments. It's a myth that there are uh, smart sanctions. Well, the most potent sanctions, uh, sanction at the moment, it seems, is SWIFT, which is needed for transactions. That would be dealing a very hard blow to the Russian economy, not necessarily a fatal one. But word uh, so far is that there is no agreement among the European states. They would support it, that these Europeans want SWIFT, but that the Germans, who have played a terribly negative role, because they allow themselves to be dependent on Russian energy, mm-hmm. and now they're being manipulated, uh, they are uh, opposed to it. So one of the things we have to look for in uh, the speech that 
uh, President Biden is going to make when he talked about more and biting and uh, sanctions that Russia never expected will SWIFT be included. That's the linchpin. If SWIFT is not included, it's not going to have a lot of uh, uh, credibility. The other element that is really difficult and hard to understand is that when Mr. Biden himself admitted within the past uh, 48 hours that Russia has engaged in an actual invasion, instead of leveling all these sanctions and hitting Russia before they move to the next step, he said, well, we're going to hold some back uh, until they engage in further in, uh, further in uh, invasions. Well, this is the kind of thing that all diplomats like who just are addicted to negotiation, but I would call this the Monty Python method of diplomacy and negotiations. <laughs> uh, basically saying, well, okay, you lop off one arm. Yeah. Well, now we're going to uh, see we want to lop off the other arm, and then we're going to react. And what about her leg? And, 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 and uh, yet you hear these diplomats on, uh, on the media saying, well, you know, uh, we will escalate. We will uh, uh, make sure that uh, Mr. Putin's friends don't get to travel. They will de- be denied visas. Uh, Deputy Prime, a, a Deputy Prime Minister of Russia, uh, Dmitry Rogozin, following uh, the Georgian uh, aggression and sanctions were introduced, and he was asked about the sanctions, about denying visas. And he said, you know, tanks do not need visas. That is what we're seeing today. Yeah, exactly. Those, those tanks are not seeking Western visas. Great points. Um, Mr. Braun, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. That is Oral Brown, who is a professor of political science and international relations at the University of Toronto and an associate at the Davis Centre at Harvard University. And yeah, there will be all kinds of books written about how we got into this mess and, you know, dealing with a thug and a, and a bully and a brute.